From realghoststoriesonline.com, this is Real Ghost Stories Online, the podcast. It's group therapy for the paranormally affected. Phone number to call is 855-853-4802. We welcome you wherever you may be listening around the world. Uh, we uh, thank you so much for uh, for tuning in and joining us on iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, TuneIn Radio, whatever it may be. Thank you so much. Please, please, please be sure to press that subscribe button so you don't miss any future episodes of the show. It helps us grow the show as well. And speaking of growing the show, if you enjoy the show... Uh, You like getting episodes every single day, which we put out to you absolutely free, and you like a way to support the show, then you can become an EPP. That's an extra podcast person. It's another way that we're saying thank you by giving you an extra episode of the show when you uh, donate five bucks a month. That's all it is. Five bucks a month. You can do that on the website, realghoststoriesonline.com. Click become an EPP. Five dollar donation goes to keep this show going and helps fund the hard costs we have for producing the show and keeping it out there for you. And then as a thank you, we we went even above and beyond just doing the show every day for you. Uh, we, we're giving you an extra episode every single week and a whole bunch of other fun stuff. On the last episode that uh, we talked about, we uh, we had a guy who had uh, uh, called. It was it a call or was it an uh, an email? Where uh, he had the uh, the voice on camera that was yelling at him to get out. I think it was a call. I think it was. Yeah, too. it was a call because he had put it up on YouTube, and yeah. then somebody said you shouldn't watch that. Don't or, put that out there. They yeah. said because it could actually conjure things up again. But very interesting story, and you can hear the full thing on the latest EPP episode. We send those emails out every single week. So if you missed the first one, in the next email that we send out at the end of this week, uh, there'll be the links to not only last week's episode, but the new episode that's coming up for this week. So uh, if you're just signing up, you're going to get two bonus episodes uh, right there off the bat. So pretty cool stuff. So please sign up at realghoststoriesonline.com. It supports the show, and we greatly appreciate you doing just that. Uh, on to today's show. We got some uh, good stuff for you. Of course, your calls, your emails, all that stuff. Somebody wrote in the bang sound. And this is in reference to we we're talking about when you're sleeping at night or when I sleep at night. Sometimes I'll hear like a loud bang. Yeah. Yeah. And pop up. Awake, uh-huh. And there really is no audible bang sound in the room or anything. It's just in my head. Uh, they said the bang sound. I didn't realize it was rare because it turned out it was rare from what we learned. Yeah. Um, I've had that happen most of my life. I just thought everybody got that. Uh, just as you start to drift off, bang, and you jerk wide awake again. At least uh, I was aware that it came from inside my own head. So I don't know if that would be comforting <laughs> to know that it came from inside your own head. I don't know. Uh, I, I think, I don't know, some of us are very audible people, I guess. And yeah. it's just kind of where our mind drifts. All of last night, I dreamt we were doing this infinite show, and I just wanted to go to bed. Is that because we did three hours worth yesterday? I think it might have been. Okay, that was probably that. (laughs) I've had that happen before in radio in general. Oh. Like, if I'm, like, really into something, or I'm doing a long, long show, years ago, uh, I would have these dreams that I was doing uh, overnights uh, in Green Bay at a station called WIXX, and it would be, we were playing CDs back and forth, and... This is before computers for the most part. We played uh-huh. like commercials off the computer. Other than that, you had to press play on every single song. There was no just letting the thing scroll down a screen. And if you weren't there to press play, you're off the air. Okay. On the most listened to station in the state. Yeah. So there was a lot of stress. Okay. It's like you go to the bathroom on the other side of the schoolhouse building that they were in. Uh, you better hope to God, you know, nothing, you don't get locked out and you make it back within three minutes and 30 seconds. Wow. Otherwise, you're off the air. I'd have so many nightmares about that, about going off the air. That I would, still have that nightmare. That would be stressful. That That's like the locker you can't open in your dream. It is. It's just like that. And you yeah. go for like four, five hour shifts. And every three minutes, you've got to be there to press that button. I mean, it sounds simple. I mean, people are like, hey, it's a radio station. You press one. And it is simple in reality. But do it for four or five hours straight. Yeah. And remember, every three or four minutes... Press that button and, and make sure it's, it transitions well and it sounds and everything goes perfectly because there's tons of people listening that will catch it if you don't. So was it more difficult to be a DJ when you first started than it was when you left? Totally. Okay. You had to be much more on the ball. 
And I think you, I think we did better shows back then too on the air, because you're more you had to be more engaged. Okay. By the time I left on air radio, um, where it was music radio, um, you you could just sit there and let the computer play for thirty minute intervals, and just browse the web if you really wanted to, and then go on and they you know they wanted minimal talk and things of that nature. So that was this is weather next. Here's traffic. Not difficult work. No. Um, back then you had to number one, pay attention, make sure your songs are playing and then have something to talk about as well while you're making sure you have your next CD ready to go, figure out something to talk about. And then before pre-internet too. So find your content somewhere else. Oh, wow. Off a fax machine, off of some magazine, off of, you know, and you can't search it's there. So, I mean, it's made life tremendously easier. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so, but you can also be very, uh, you know, it's very boring. Yeah. Anyhow, that's my rant on radio for the day, everyone. I wasn't going off about wheeze or giving them away to... No. uh, What would the word for those listeners have been? I don't know. Manipulative. Special. Special, manipulative. Scourges of the earth. I don't know. What's a scourge? Is that a is that a word? I don't know. Wait, it's a couple of is that a Tony word? That's a Tony word. Okay. El Chef writes in, in the Mexican culture, we have... El Dia de los Muertos, and I'm sure I said that completely wrong, so I apologize, which translates into the Day of the Dead. Uh, typically, and I, I've heard about Day of the Dead, yeah. Did I say it completely wrong? A little bit. Do you know how to say it? Did you take Spanish? No, you took French. Go for it. El Dia de los Muertos. I wasn't that far off. Muertos? Mer- I apologize. It's Day of the Dead. Uh, uh, it's Day of the Dead. Uh, typically, people go to visit dead loved ones with their favorite food or drink. Yep. Uh, like tequila, and they give them liquor, too. There awesome. You go. Drunk ghosts. Yeah. I wonder if that ever happens. Drunk ghosts? Yeah. Well, we're talk- well, we'll talk about that in a second. Uh, and uh, place it by the burial place. Uh, have a celebration as uh, if they were there, too. Okay, sure. Uh, but to answer your question, Tony, we don't expect them to magically pick up the food and eat it. It's more of a symbolic gesture. Hope that helped. Okay. That's, I mean, that's what I assumed okay. in most cultures that it's more of a symbol than anything but i'm wondering if anytime because there was the like i said the ghost story the other day the ghost ate the food does that ever happen when it is left out as a symbolic gesture maybe that's how i should have phrased the question originally well it's good to know that they aren't expecting to come back to an empty yeah, plate and i know they're not for the most right. you know, but i'm wondering when you put it out as a symbolic gesture has it ever been eaten does I'm sure happen? some little kid in the middle of the night has come out and ate their and dead. And they thought it was the ghost. Dead grandpa's chicken fingers or something. I don't know. Yeah. But I know it's a good, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting, interesting, interesting. Thank you for calling in, or writing in, rather, and uh, and sharing your insight on that. Uh, and by the way, uh, the demon away, it exists. Okay. Uh, White sage liquid smudge. Now you can smudge your space with the incredible aroma of white sage without smoke. White sage is one of the most sacred herbs among indigenous North American peoples to clear, uh, purify, and bless. It essentially is demon away, and it exists in a spray bottle. And we know someone sent us the link. That that's not exactly how it should be. Yeah, some folks say it doesn't work like that. So there yeah, you go. sorry. I have all these bright ideas for uh, products. You just want to market some kind of paranormal product. And they exist. You need to do the Pudding Poltergeist (laughs) t-shirts. That's that's all I'm going to get as far as helping any. It's it's not even going to be. It's just going to be satirical t-shirts with bizarre things I've said out loud. Well, that's what you're best at is being a smart ass. Uh, Hey, Tony, I remember listening to an episode where you uh, had said it was very difficult to capture ghosts in the snow or rain. We live in uh, Tempe, Arizona now, but before we moved here, we lived in Tucson. Uh, so rain or snow is very rare. Uh, people here take pictures of the rain or snow because it's something we never get to see. This is a picture I took outside of our house. My son had pulled it up on the computer and said, Mom, have you seen this? I said, see What? proceeded to show me the picture of a woman's face with a huge orb on the left-hand side of the picture. This picture was taken six years ago and still amazes me only because in that house, I would always hear people talking in the middle of the night and it sounded like radios playing in the background. The house sits about four blocks away from a huge electrical tower, so many things happened there uh, to me throughout my entire life. I'll be calling it with more stories, but I wanted to share this because it's an amazing picture. 
enjoy. Jessica uh, wrote that in. Here's the picture. And I put it up on our uh, our website in the photo section at realghoststoriesonline.com. Uh, you can tell it's snowing. You can tell usually what the snow is. But there's an orb right there in the picture. She said a woman's face. I guess you can kind of see some eyes there. It almost looks like a clown. Oh, it doesn't look like it. I, I kind of see. Yeah, that's creepy. That's great. It's uh, it's the picture up on the website with a Hyundai Sonata in it, a silver one, I believe. And uh, it's a Hyundai. It's like my old Hyundai Sonata. Yeah, it is. Mine was maroon. Um, but there you go. It's a creepy picture. It's up on the website. Real Ghost Stories Online. Click on the photos section. I used to be on the air in Tucson. I wonder if they ever listened to my show. I used to do a morning show there. And I from here, from Wichita, Kansas. Yeah. On uh, what the hell was the name of the station? I don't remember. Oh God. I said it like every day for several years. I don't remember the name of the station. Isn't it? <laughs> That's how funny. much I got into the show. <laughs> so funny how fast you you forget things when you stop I doing something every day. All the time. Mega 1063 and 1049, that was the name of the station. It okay. was old school R and B. Played stuff like Babyface and uh TLC and other uh 80s and 70s. Donna Summer was in there too. Don't go chasing waterfalls. Yeah, that was like kind of one of the more current songs though, even even though I did the show four or five years ago. <laughs> but it was one of the more it was more recent compared to the other songs that were on that station. Uh Marvin Gaye. It was a, it was fun music. It was a good station. Anywho, they changed formats and like I think altered like three songs on the playlist and considered it a format change. I love how they, with radio when they do that, where it's like, we're going to go a different direction and completely change the format. Just change the name of the station and drop three songs. But really, it's the same station. They do it all the time. Uh, okay, let's go to a call. We've got a bunch of letters here today, too. We'll get to some of those. Uh, 855-853-4802 is a phone number to call in, too. Hi. Hi, Tony. Hi, Jenny. This is Shana Dixon again. I'm calling for the Ouija Board Dare program. Yay! Uh, I'd like to start off with telling you the stories that my parents told me uh, to keep me away from doing the Ouija board. Um, to start off, my mom, she comes from a very, very Christian family. My grandma was a Sunday school teacher and as well as a Christian school teacher. So there was no ghost talk, no Ouija boards, no nothing like that um, in our ha- household. And my mom got to go to a party with her cousin, who was a little bit older than her, um, and at that party, they were having Ouija boards, and there was a bunch of girls sitting down in, like, kind of had, like, a drop-down living room, um, and they were all sitting around it, and they were saying things, and my mom and my cousin were onlookers. And my cousin said, that's not real, and the Ouija board said, yes, I am, and she said, this is stupid, it's not right, I'm leaving. And the Ouija board said, don't go, don't go, and she got up and started walking away, and before she got to the step up in, you know, from the living room into, like, the entryway, um, she was just tripped, straight up on her face, tripped, hit her head on the edge of the uh, tile on the up step, and the Ouija board proceeded to say, I told you don't go, and that freaked my mom out really bad, and it freaked my cousin out really bad, and they left, they didn't stay for the rest of the party. My dad's story was his family got a Ouija board, and they all played it, even before going to church, my grandmas are really, really churchy too, but she just thought it was fun and games and whatever. And so they were playing it. They had some weird things happen uh, while they were playing it, but my grandma just figured it was her son messing around. Well, they left it out. They came home from church, and it was floating around. The panchette was floating above the, the Ouija board on its own. My grandma's not someone to lie. She wouldn't lie to save her life. So she told me that. I believe her. They put it in their closet and weren't going to play with it again. Um, years down the road when they're telling the story, when I'm old enough to actually know what one is, see it, you know, blah, blah, blah. She looked for it, couldn't find it. It wasn't in fact, I never remember getting rid of it. I don't know what happened there. Anyway, so I said I wanted to get one. My dad said, no, they're bad. Don't do it. So I told my mom, can I have one? She said, no, they're bad. Don't do it. So one day, my friend invited me over to a sleepover. And I brought up a Ouija board. Of course I did, you know. I'm a kid. And so she goes and buys one from Toys R Us. Um, glow in the dark and everything. We go back to her house. We light some scented candles. We put on some whale songs because we thought that would be creepy. We turned down the lights. Um, I'm an onlooker, and my friend Casey and my friend Ashley were doing the Ouija board. They ask, is anybody there? It says yes. They say, who do you want to talk to? It says Shana. And I'm thinking, oh, yeah, of course, guys. You know, of course, because I'm not playing it. 
Um, and then it says, well, who are you? And it says Uncle Mike. Well, it's true. I had an Uncle Mike, and nobody knew about him. He died like four or five years before I met them. And it said, how did you die? And it said cancer. My Uncle Mike did die of cancer. And it said, what was your nickname for me? Or I asked that. And it said Shai Shana. And my nickname from him was Shai Shana. And I said, get off that thing right now, because my uncle was from that same family that was super, super Christian, uh, went to church three times a week. There's absolutely no way that he would go on a Ouija board. He never drinks, didn't smoke, didn't cuss, didn't, you know, there's no way he was on that thing. So I got really creeped out. I told him to get off of it. So they got off of it. And then, you know, we're researching online, you know, what was it? What could really be happening? Well, curiosity gets the better of us. So we go back on and we say, who are you really? Because I know you're not my Uncle Mike. It goes to the letter G. Just the letter G. And I go, all right, well, what's your name? And it just circles around and lands back on G again. So we just go, okay, we're going to call you G. And it said, um, where are you? And it said, hell. And it says, why are you there? And it said, because I killed my wife. And then we said, uh, well, you know, that's not good. Why are you talking to us? And it said my name again. And it said that it wanted me to die so that I could be with it. So that creeped me out. <laughs> so then I, we get off of it again. And after we got off of it that time, uh, me and my two friends all kind of felt creepy for, like, the rest of, like, the night and the next day. We kind of felt like something was hanging around, but we weren't 100% sure. So then um, I'm telling my friends at school about it. They don't believe me. So then I get another group of friends together, and we're like, okay, we got to show these people that this is real. So we get on the Ouija board, and it instantly goes to the letter G again. And I'm like, hi, G, you know, what's up? What are you doing? And my, my new friend, she was like, oh, this isn't real. Ask it. I'm going to ask it something only I know. And we're like, okay, ask it, whatever. She says, what color underwear am I wearing? And it says light blue. And we're like, is that right? And she's all, yeah. She's all, what does it say on the front of them? And it said angel baby. And we're like, is that true? And she said, yeah. And then she was really creeped out. Well, um, I don't know why, but we played with it like three or four more times. But every time it kept going to the letter G, and um, that would be who was there. And then weird things would happen. And so finally I got to the point where I couldn't take a shower without feeling like somebody was watching me. So I looked online how to do a little cleansing ritual to get rid of, you know, get rid of whatever it was. And that seemed to work. And, um... Yeah, so that was the last time I played with it, and it was pretty creepy because, I mean, it did feel like it was following us around, whatever it was, and it was always the same person, and I heard on one of your episodes, at some some point in time, this girl, it went to the letter G and then said a bunch of numbers. Well, he never said a bunch of numbers to me, but it kind of creeped me out when I heard that because I thought, man, I think we were talking to the same spirit, and that makes me wonder if there's really just one main spirit that comes through, and he's just, like, super bad, super powerful, can be anywhere at any point in time. I'm getting goosebumps talking about it. I haven't even talked about it in like 10 years. But um, yeah, it was one of the scariest things just because you actually feel like somebody is watching you and has tabs on what you're doing and somebody's really there. And when we got rid of it and did the cleansing ritual, I felt really, really better. And um, anytime anybody's thinking about a Ouija board after that, I said, nope, count me out. <laughs> so kids, don't play with Ouija boards. Ouija boards are bad. <laughs> Ouija boards have consequences they are not just a game okay guys have a good day bye i blame the whale sounds the, you think uh, that was it the whale one no. here's here's what i'll say about it and uh, i'll phrase it like this uh i'm not an expert on the topic but i'm fairly informed on the topic okay um and i think that's how most people are uh who are, are in i guess this field of things uh it, it's it's as far as uh, her asking about the the name, the letter G coming up, or if there's just one thing that is communicating with with many people on a Ouija board, uh, there's there's many things that are likely communicating with people on a Ouija board. What we do have, as far as documented stories, and not saying this show, but I'm saying with cases in general, is that uh, there are several demons out there, lots. More than several. Lots and lots and lots and lots. Uh, but there's lots of documented cases of when the demon's revealing its name, uh, it says it says similar things to people and other folks in other parts of the world, other parts of the country have the same name coming out when they're asking what their, who their demon is. So there's essentially a large pool of demons out there communicating with people through Ouija boards. Okay. All with different names. But... But they're using the same name? No, but they're, they're different demons. Okay. But, you know, 
Some are coming up on this Ouija board. They're coming up on this Ouija board over here and there and there and there. It's almost like they're being assigned different Ouija boards. And so that's not how it works. But um, it, it is likely that uh, she said she heard the, the story a couple months ago or weeks ago where someone had a, one come up with the same name on a Ouija board. Probably the same demon. Okay. So very likely. But there's more than just that one demon that's popping up on people's Ouija boards. Um, and there's a lot of demon names out there, and we try to not really bring those up on the show, the names of them or anything. Yeah. But if you did care to Google, uh, you can find, in fact, Wikipedia has a list of demon names. I was actually trying to look that G up while she was on the uh, the call there. Nothing came up uh, on a, a, name in, a demon named G. Okay. Um, but you can find plenty of places where there's lists of uh, the, the demon names that are appearing to many people uh, through a Ouija board. Okay. I wouldn't advise looking that up. Well, if you're, you know, I don't know. I don't want to say if you're curious, but um, it, it exists. I'll just say that. Uh, there, there's lists out there of them, you know. I, I wouldn't like go around chanting the names or anything of that nature, but uh, but they're out there. So that kind of answers that question a little bit, I think. Okay. Did did it make sense? I think so. Okay. 855-853-4802, 855-853-4802. I'm not doing this, but I'm just saying if we did do this, if we said, hey, if you've been on a Ouija board and asked what the demon's name was that you were talking to, for those of you who have used a Ouija board and talked to a demon, I can almost guarantee that we're going to have people from all different parts of the world coming back with similar names or the same names. I don't want to. No, I'm not, I'm not doing it, and I'm not asking people to do it. But I can guarantee, you know, it would be like uh, playing match. Like, oh, so-and-so in Ireland had this name come up, and so did somebody in Kentucky. Okay. You know, that's what would happen. Okay. So, and maybe different ones all over the place, and then eventually when you get them all, you win a prize. Infestation. Jeez. <laughs> is the phone number to call into Real Ghost Stories Online. Or you can write it on the website, realghoststoriesonline.com. Amanda writes in, thank you for recently sharing my story. I thought that time uh, I would tell you one of my mother's stories, or this time I'd tell you one of my mother's stories. That was when my mother was still a teen. Her and her brother had gone out to play. It had gotten late, so they decided to take a shortcut back home, which was along an old dirt road that had no houses within the area. The only thing that lit their way were the stars and moon in the sky. It was just her and her brother walking down this old road. Yet after a moment, the sound from another set of footsteps came up from behind them. The sound of breathing became audible and, quite honestly, freaked both of them out. At first, they thought it was a person stalking them. Yet once they turned around to see who was following, they noticed they were very wrong. Just a set of red glowing eyes met them. There was no humanly figure, just eyes. They both freaked out and started to run as fast as they could away from the thing. My mother did mention that you could hear this thing chasing them, but once they got to the house and inside it was gone. Even now, she isn't sure what was chasing them. There are many more stories I would love to share. Maybe soon I'll share the story about the bathroom spirit that resides in the apartment I live in now. Hope to hear more of your amazing stories, and thank you for the show. Love you guys. I want to hear the bathroom story. There's a lot of bathroom stories out there. Well, it's because of the water. Yeah. It's interesting. Do you ever get those weird feelings? We were in the airport uh, uh, in Wichita, the the old airport. It's now the Aviation Museum. Museum, yeah. And I was thinking, did we get any weird vibes when I was in the bathroom there? I did not. Did you get any weird vibes in the aviation bathroom? No, but I did think it was very interesting that they had a sign posted do not turn the light off in the bathroom really? most of the time you see them turn the light off when you leave or something like that but bold do not turn the light off in the bathroom hmm. i just remembered that being kind of weird that's why you should have turned the light off in the bathroom taking nope. your camera out with the flash and started taking pictures into the mirror nope <laughs> Not a good idea. Wasn't going to happen. And then bust out a Ouija board and see what Right. Happens. Let's yeah. just have a seance in the bathroom. Right there. What's going on? Why is she taking so long? Yeah. I just thought that was interesting. That is an interesting observation. Uh, 855-853-4802 is a phone number to call with your real ghost story. To Real Ghost Stories Online, hi. Hi. Uh, 
Hi, Tony and Jenny. Um, my name is Jennifer. I'm from Caledon, Ontario, Canada. Um, I love your show. I've listened to it faithfully for about a month now. Never miss an episode. Always listen to it in the car when I'm going to work. Um, I'm just calling in because you guys have been talking about um, embalming and um, you know people being buried alive and things like that. I know that in the 1800s um, and prior to that, it was more common for families to take care of their dead, so there was no embalming process, which led to the problem with people being buried alive. Um, the second thing you guys were talking about was like exploding um, caskets and uh, in mausoleums, like the little crypts that people are put in. Um, I watch a show called Order of the Good Death. It's um, uh, a mortician. It's called well, it's called Ask a Mortician, and it's, her name is Caitlin Doherty, and she uh, talks about all of this stuff. You can find her on YouTube, and she's. Uh, I watched an episode where she was talking about um, mausoleums and exploding um, little crypts, and it can happen. The pressure can build up, and that can happen. Um, I believe that in the, any, in the States, anyway, I think you can be buried without being embalmed, I'm pretty sure, but it'd be a really good thing just to look up on the internet. Um, I also wanted to share a couple of things about um, dreams and um, hearing from loved ones on the other side in your dreams. Um, in 2007, I think it was April, yeah, it was April 1st of 2007. I was eight months pregnant with my son, and my grandmother had a heart attack suddenly and passed away. Uh, it was very upsetting for all of us, but I didn't really start mourning her loss until about a month after the funeral, and I was really upset. We didn't really have any answers. Um, I wouldn't say it was constantly on my mind, but it would come in and out. And probably about a year later, after the funeral, I had a dream. And it was myself, my grandmother, my three sisters, and my mom. And we were at my grandmother's house, which had since been sold and emptied out. Um, but in the dream, we were there. Everything was normal. We were talking to my grandmother, and it was just like a normal visit. And I got this feeling from that, like, I'm okay. You don't need to worry about me. I'm fine. You know, I'm, I'm happy. And um, so that was, like, my closure because we never really got much closure from that uh, sudden death. Uh, the second story, I have three. The second story is about a very good friend of the family, also passed away. Suddenly my mom found him in his apartment. And of course I was upset, but again, I didn't think about it too, too much over the next year or two. And I think this is about four years later, I had a dream where he came to me, and he was a truck driver. So we were driving in his truck, in his big transport truck, and we were just talking, and everything was okay. And again, I got the feeling like everything was going to be okay. He was fine. He was at peace, and not to worry about him, and not to be upset or sad. Um, the third dream I had was more recent. It was probably about three months ago. I work as a, um, I guess what you guys would call a CNA in the States. I'm a personal support worker here in Ontario, and I deal with a lot of um, older people, people who are dying or are passing away. Um, but this lady, I had a really special connection with. Her and I were very close. I really loved her very much. And um, she had stopped receiving service from the company I'm with, and I had visited her, in, her, visited her in December, and I and I was looking through the obituaries in, um, I guess March of last year, and I saw her obituary in there. She had died. I didn't know how. I didn't know why. I missed the funeral. I missed the wake, so I wasn't able to go. Um, her, I didn't really know her family that well. I knew her like the best, and I was really upset. Um, and then about two months ago, I had another dream where she came to me and again, the same thing. I'm okay, don't worry about me, I'm fine, you know, um, 
just a really good feeling from that dream. Uh, also, I have dreams, and I know that you guys have talked about deja vu. Um, mine's a little bit more than deja vu. Sometimes I'll dream things, and I'm 28, and I'm still dreaming very vividly. I could tell you what I what I dreamt last night. Um, very vivid. Um, and it's been like this since I was a kid. Um, and I'll have deja vu where this dream may have happened a year before, and I finally get to a place, and it's, I've been there before in my dream. I know, I know I have, and um, in the dream, it doesn't really tell me like what's going on or why I'm there, but when I get there, I know that I've dreamt it before. And that's my little stories and experiences, and that's about as far as I have as anything odd or paranormal happening. Um, so, Thanks for listening, and uh, I really enjoy your show, and I will keep listening. Thanks. And thank you for your call, and hopefully you'll call in with some of your other experiences, too. But have you ever had that where you felt like you've been someplace before? In a dream? No. Deja vu? In real life. Oh, yeah. 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 Quite often. Yeah. Um, and, and sometimes uh, I can... It's one of those things where I, I have it happen a lot when I'm up in Wisconsin. Um, and I, it occurred to me quite a bit when I was, I'd say, probably a teenager and I'd go someplace and my parents would either claim that we had never been or I had never been there or she had been pregnant with me or something the last time that we were there. But I could like actually tell you where things were, uh-huh. uh, which is weird. Uh, or I had been there like when I was literally like in a, you know, a carrying you know, a baby carrying case, you know, the, a baby carrying, a baby case. carrying case. An attache case. that you put your children in, right. uh, you know, you know, what I'm talking about the, the cradle the infant carrier, infant carrier. There you go. Yeah. So really, you know, everybody goes, Oh, they'll never remember this. I remember quite a bit. Um, and I, I would have that quite a bit too. With like, there's no way you remember this. No, I remember it. I have a lot of that. Yeah. I, I don't know. I have a lot of memories from being very, very little. You, um, most of the time when I have that feeling, it's just very random and it catches me off guard. Yeah. The last time was when we went to um, that park out by the airport. Mm-hmm. I had the distinct feeling that I'd been there before. Like I felt very familiar and like I'd been there. Like, sure. But I know I've never been there. Mm-hmm. Even when I was a little kid, I had never yeah. been to that park. There's a lot of times. There's some people say the science behind it is that you know you're, it's it's the slight split second difference between your mind you know seeing it registering it and it, it's like slightly off by like a split second and then yes why you're feeling like oh I feel like I've been here when it's really you know the recognition and the cognition are slightly off. Okay. You know, and that's just the science. I mean, take it for what it's worth. Well, I mean, sure. But. Um, uh, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I, I, I think there's something to it. I really do. I think there's something to, to not necessarily just the science, but I'm thinking, like, literally, yeah. the reason why we feel like we've been places. I've heard of it, you know, where you have a dream about places. I can't think, I, I can't say I've had that where I've dreamt of a place and then I got there or was, or could clearly state that I've been here in a dream. Uh huh. You? Well, that park, that park, I felt like I had been there in a dream. Oh, in a dream. Okay. Yeah. It wasn't like you. You weren't saying you felt like you'd been there in life, that you had dreamed you'd been there. Right. Okay. Right. Sorry, I wasn't clear on that. Because I know I hadn't been there sure. in real life yeah. to dream about it. Interesting. Yeah, hmm. it was weird. Yeah. Gareth writes in, hi there, my name is Gareth Merrick. I'm uh, in South Wales in the UK. As with most of the stories you probably receive, I'll start by saying that I love your show, especially enjoy your retelling of people's stories. Should I do more of the retelling? Yes, okay. I think so very okay. much. I we'll like more the calls, that. but yeah. I, I get so much out of it when you read it. We get so many calls, and we get... To, I mean, this is a, a good problem to have. We it have is. a lot of material that comes in every day. And we had some folks making some comments like, well, they have so much material because you don't read a lot of them. Yeah, you're right, because we've gotten so many calls in. And, and, and for a while, it was kind of balanced to where I could... We had a nice amount of calls a day, and then we could do some stories, but... We even had days yeah. where we didn't have calls. Yeah, but now it's like we're overwhelmed on all angles. And that's great, and, we, and that's the thing. We don't uh, cherry pick our stories on this show. No. So we just, we get to them. And if it's a little bit longer than you'd like, I apologize. But we don't dismiss the stories or we're like, ah, this isn't good enough for the show. Let's get rid of this one. I mean, unless it's like literally I can't read it because the 
the writing is so horrible or it was written in by a three-year-old going, I saw ghosts, you know, and it went boo. And then that's the end of the call. Those we get rid of. Uh, but yeah. other than that, um, it's, uh, we just, we go in the order in which they were received, if you will. So we can mix more letters in. We should mix more letters I in. I think we should. Feel more balanced. Yeah. I hope I hope that appeases everyone because I like reading them too. It's just we honestly we've just been kind of overwhelmed with calls lately, which is great. Uh 855-853-4802. Continuing on with the story. In all my thirty years on this planet, I can only really say I've had one paranormal experience when I was nine years old, but it was such an intense experience and memory has always been there in the background. Although I thought my story would be something you would enjoy, I was still reluctant to send it due to it being quite a personal experience. But then, uh, of course, after working my way through episodes of your show and hearing many other people's personal stories, I finally thought, what the hell? Anyway, this is my story as it happened 21 years ago, as best as I can remember it. This is a story of eight people living in a house. And things get real. When things... I'm kidding. Okay. You know, I mean, that's, that's the uh, the intro to... Uh, what is it on MTV? The first reality show ever. This is a story of... I don't know. Real world. Okay. There you go. Anyway, on with this story. My story, when I was nine years old, I lived and also attended primary school in a small suburb of uh, East Cardiff called uh, Lauren Marney in South Wales. I'm sure I said it wrong. It was a pleasant school, nice teachers, but not a lot of students being in a village and all. In my class, there were about 14 students that were an even mix of uh, boys and girls. The school didn't have an awful lot of money, so our class trips mainly consisted of visiting various sites around the area and visiting landmarks of historic significance. This worked well for us, as there's many really old and interesting places in South Wales with reasonable distance to our school. I remember one morning, our teacher told us that in the afternoon we were going to visit a place called, and this is the name, uh, Lanamurray Hall. The hall, now a pub, was built just before the 16th century, and in that time belonged to Mr. Thomas Morgan. Thomas was a close relation to the famous Captain Henry Morgan, who was a 17th century buccaneer and adventurer and battled the Spanish for control of the Caribbean. Henry, like Thomas, was born in the area and spent a lot of time at the hall during his life. To this day, many people have said that the hall is one of the most haunted places in the UK and that one of its most frequent deceased visitors are of old Captain Morgan. I don't know about that, but I definitely had an unusual experience when I was there. This is a Captain Morgan rum, right? Interesting, okay. I remember that our old school's small white minivan pulled up at the grounds of the hall. It was a real hot July afternoon, and I remember... uh, wanting nothing better than to jump out of the van into the cool breeze. Our teacher and driver, Miss Brown, pulled open the side door of the van and took a step back as she almost got knocked down by a group of overexcited kids tumbling out. Once she and another teacher got us all under control, they decided to put us into pairs. We were being upset that I wasn't paired with my friend Darren, and even worse that I was paired with a classmate called Gemma. I guess it was still at the age where girls weren't on my radar yet. When we entered the hall, I was instantly taken back with just how old the place looked. Inside, a sunny L-shaped bar led to an antique-looking lounge, which our teacher told us retained the original accent-looking fireplace and a 300-plus-year-old Morgan's table. I remember not really paying attention to her and instead looked up at all the old paintings high in the walls of people long gone and thinking why nobody in old times seemed to smile when being painted. The central bar was built in Mahogany and had a staircase behind which led to a B&B accommodation upstairs for the 14 guests. This is where me and my classmates were to put to relax and chat while our two teachers accompanied by the owner of the hall would take two pairs of kids and give them the tour. I guess they figured there was more chance of us paying attention in smaller groups. I can recall playing on my digital Nintendo Watch, uh, uh, but <laughs> it was like the Nintendo Watch thing. I remember those. Uh, but also, I like to play a very ba- basic version of Super Mario Brothers on it. I think I had Cement Factory on mine. Uh, frequently, I would look up to see pairs of kids leave and then return looking completely disinterested by their experience. When it finally came to me and Gemma's turn, we realized 
It was only going to be me and her, as we were in fact the last, and everyone else just wanted to go back to school. We were taken through the corridors of the hall. Remember how narrow the halls felt. Even to a kid, there seemed to be different levels at every turn, making us climb up and down plenty of stairs. At one point, the owner mentioned that there was a cellar on the grounds that were heading uh, that we were heading to. It was where all the alcohol was kept due to the cellar being naturally cold. Climbing down the ladder into the dark cellar, it felt like walking down into a fridge freezer. The temperature change was very dramatic, and Miss Brown asked if we were all right. I nodded and slowly looked around. There were small lamps dotted around a big stone tunnel of a cellar. I looked at the ceiling, and to my surprise, icicles hung like pale white teeth between the old bricks. Going slowly down the corridor, I looked back. Gemma was now holding Miss Brown's hand as the owner talked about how they stored beer and how the cellar was used in the past. Slowly, I remember his voice just starting to fade away. I walked into a room at the end of the tunnel, and it was just as dark and just as cold. It was also completely empty, save for one small candle on a chair in the corner. I remember Gemma's voice behind me saying, Aren't you scared, Gareth? I turned around and smiled amusingly. Nah, I said. Miss Brown smiled and looked down at Gemma. He's very brave, she said. I remember feeling good at this comment, to the point where I started walking around obnoxiously showing how brave I was. From here, everything happened fairly quickly, and even now it's still a bit fuzzy. Gemma started screaming loudly. I looked up, and she had a look of complete terror on her face. What was worse? She was pointing behind me. I looked to the teachers who looked confused and concerned at Gemma. I turned around and blank. Whatever it was I saw down there 21 years ago, I seem to have blanked it from my memory because the next thing I remember is being escorted out of the cellar clutching Miss Brown so tight and screaming in a tone I've never heard myself scream before or since. I just remember Miss Brown... And a panicky voice saying, You're both so brave, as she comforted me. I don't really remember the trip back to school after this. I didn't really speak to Gemma about what happened. And when I left the school to attend high school, I never saw Gemma again until last year when I met her at a works night out in the city. It was funny seeing her again. I've lived in South Wales all my life, so you'd think I would have bumped into her in those 21 years, but I never have. She recognized me straight away as I approached her. She gave me a friendly hug, and I hugged her back. The rest of the night was spent reminiscing about the school and all kinds of nostalgia. I couldn't bring myself to ask her about that day at the hall because it would have felt so out of place to bring it up. A couple days later, Gemma had added me on Facebook, and we started to chat more. After a week or so during a conversation with her about her two, about watching uh, Paranormal Activity 2 and finding it frightening, I mentioned the hall to her and what I could remember. To my surprise, she said, I did wonder if you had forgotten. I told her how far I could remember up until my mind blanking out, and to my surprise, she was able to fill in the rest. She told me, that as I was walking around the room, a mist started to appear right above the candle on the chair behind me. This is when she started to scream. Then she said a face slowly started to appear from the mist. This is apparently when I turned around, came face to face with whatever it was. She said I stood perfectly still and just screamed that Miss Brown had to pull me back. That's when I turned and clutched onto her as hard as I could. So that's my story. Me and Gemma are good friends now. We often meet up for coffee as we both work in the city. From time to time, we'll talk about what we think it was in that cellar, but I think I'm fine with not knowing. Also, maybe me blanking out what I saw was a blessing. Hope you find my experience as weird as I did. And keep making show yours faithfully. Mr. Garrick in South Wales in the UK. That was a good story. So was it the ghost of Captain Morgan? I don't know. It could be anything in a place that old. It, w- it yeah. would be hard and highly unlikely that it would be actually him, but yeah. something from that time. Can you imagine in the States them taking children to a tavern for a tour on <laughs> a field trip? Did they ever do anything like I can't even... I'm from Wisconsin, where like 
we grew up <laughs> going to bars like with our parents you yeah. know it's just a normal thing i remember many a days just playing pac-man as my parents sat up at the bar and i was totally content but i i can't remember ever actually going to a bar on a field trip no i you know what i was thinking of when you were reading that story it, my imagery went to the fox and hound up there oh in uh near uh near milwaukee yeah near holy hill area uh-huh. yeah and that's I mean, it's got like a separate club restaurant. Yeah, but it's really, really old. Sure. Yeah, so, I could see a field trip going yeah. there. But I can't like imagine them taking it like to the corner tavern, you know. Even with an educational experience behind it, I could see that being like totally having issues with that in the in, in the States. Yeah, I could see that. Although we don't have the history like that either. No. I mean, that's very interesting and that's a cool field trip to go on. Mm-hmm. Um, until the spirits start showing up and scarring the children for life. Yeah. But, uh, thank you for the story. That was a really good one. Really do appreciate that. You can always write into us on our website, realghoststoriesonline.com. Let's go to another caller here at Real Ghost Stories Online. Hi. Hi, I'm this is Caitlin in California. I the, the main thing I wanted to say is anybody who is slightly intimidated by, you know, internet trolls or anything like that, anybody who is a little afraid to tell their story please call her right in and tell your story and the whole you know group therapy for the paranormally affected we're all here for each other and there are those people who want to hear your story want to support you so uh, like i said please do call in um and i said i had wanted to share some paranormal stories of my own so the first thing um, that I wanted to share was the first um, paranormal sort of memory that I remember when I was about five years old, we were, um, my family and I were taking a walking, um, like a hiking tour in Yosemite Park in an area called Tuolumne Meadows. And the, um, the tour guide, the park ranger guy was, really knowledgeable you know really made the tour very interesting as you know a memory as early as five years old i remember him talking about how the natives in the area would use the pine needles to make tea and it was really rich in vitamin c and all that kind of good stuff and um like I said, being about, you know, five years old, my dad at one point um, during the tour put me on his shoulders because I was tired of walking. And we reach a point in the tour where the, the guide starts telling us this very Romeo and Juliet-esque story about a young Native American woman who fell in love with a man who was from another tribe and and it ended very tragically and I don't remember the details and I have no idea if it was even you know a true story but what he had said was you know the, the area was called Tuolumne Meadows and the young woman's name was Tuolumne like I said, it was a very tragic ending, and so the area we were at was supposedly where she was buried. And, you know, being five years old, I'm sitting up on my dad's shoulders, and somebody whispered in my ear, Tuolumne. And it's kind of something that my mom would do, like, you know, kind of whispering in your ear to kind of spook you a little bit. And, you know, just kind of have fun with you. And so I, you know, turned my head really quickly to, you know, like, hey, mom, you know, and no one was there. And of course, like I said, being sitting on my dad's shoulders, no one could have been whispering in my ear because I was up too high. So that was the first memory that I have. And I'll call in again for some others. But um, thank you so much for sharing my call. And like I said, everybody who's, you know, intimidated by anybody else, don't worry. There's way more people out there who actually do want to hear your story. So thank you. There you go. That was awful nice of her. Yeah, I appreciate uh, the encouragement there that you're giving uh, our our fellow, uh, your fellow listeners uh, to the show, because that really is what it's all about. It's it's come and call in, share your story, write in your story. uh, And uh, that's that's what we do. You know, it's it's group therapy for the paranormally effective, if you will. And if you you don't need therapy, if you just want to share your story, you just want to get it out there. 
you know, call in and uh, we'd love to hear your story. Or if you just want to comment on a story that you've heard or, yeah. or you know, some of the random stuff that Tony and I talk about. Yeah. You know, yeah. exploding caskets, whatever. Putting poltergeist. Yeah. Whatever it Call be. in and, and weigh in on that, too. We want to hear your opinions. 855-853-4802 is the phone number to do just that. Hi. Hi, Mr. and Mrs. Bruski. My name is Ben. Um, I called a, a couple of days ago. Uh, I'm the guy that saw the apparition uh, down on Texas Highway. Um, I kind of want to add uh, to my story and it's among other experiences that I had. Well, like I said, I drive this 18-wheeler twice a week uh, from North Texas to South Texas. Uh, and, uh, well, one night I uh, was uh, arriving in McAllen, Texas. Uh, it was probably about uh, 1 o'clock in the morning. Um, I was really tired. Uh, I really wanted to get to sleep. And, um, well, I had finally got to my destination, and I pulled the brakes on my truck. I was ready to go to bed. Uh, as I was laying down, uh, I was uh, I was just trying to relax. And when, at that moment, I was hearing somebody trying to call my name, you know, and and like I said, I was tired. You know, I I heard a whisper. That's what I heard. And what I heard was, hey, hey, man, hey. But I'm the only one in the truck. It is just me, okay? It was right in my ear. But all I can hear was the hum of my engine that leave my engine running all night. And uh, like I said, I was so tired, I yelled and I said, leave me the F alone. I don't want to deal with this. I'm tired. I want to go to sleep. My, my point is, is, is that I took authority over this, uh, this whatever that was trying to bug me and whatever wanted to get my attention, okay? And I wanted to leave some advice for Richard and Chattanooga, was, and uh, that's what worked for me, uh, taking authority over what was trying to or wanting to oppress me, you know? Richard, uh, I just prayed for you, and uh, I'm sending my blessings, and uh, maybe uh, taking authority over this uh, this situation that you're having in your home uh, could help you, because it can work for me. Okay, God bless you, brother, and uh, good luck, man. All right, I'll continue praying on uh, praying for you. Okay, bud. Uh, this is Mr. and Mrs. Tony Bruski. Uh, keep up the good work. And uh, we'll talk to you later. Oh yes, and uh, I, I'm I'm so thankful for your uh, for your podcast. Uh, every time I have experiences, I, I post them up on Facebook for my friends and family just to make them aware. And all all that happens, all they do is just poke fun at me. And uh, uh, thank you for this for for this community. Okay. Bye-bye. Thank you for calling in. I'm glad we could be an outlet for your experiences uh, here at Real Ghost Stories Online. Um, I appreciate your your advice for Richard. I just, I think some, I mean, sometimes I think every, I mean, this is my opinion, but I think every situation can be very different. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it depends on what you're dealing with. Yeah, I think sometimes, you know, you can take charge like that, like you did, and, and can move things out. And I think sometimes, I think it's deeper. You know, it's like, I think there's different roots, if you will, as to what is, you know, bothering you or what's what's plaguing you. I think it depends on if you're dealing with a demon or just a run of the mill ghost. Sure. And and then and, and again, how far it's rooted into the environment that it's in. If it's just kind of appeared to you quickly, like mm-hmm. like in, in, in your case there, where you're in your truck and something was trying to get your attention and you it was almost like a early occurrence, like, okay, go away. Okay. Makes sense, but I think in Richard's case, I think it's it's you know it's it's into like an infestation where you know I guess the analogy I'd make is if you have a spider problem, 
and take charge really quick and kill a spider or two when you see it showing up. But you need much more than just stepping on a couple spiders to get those spiders to go away. I see what you're saying. You know, like, there's so much of it there. I mean, taking charge is important, but I think it, it goes to be... There's much more that needs to be done for it to actually have the problem taken care of. The termites or whatever. Step sure. on the termite. If it's already eaten up half of your house, you got a lot of work to be done. You yeah. can't just kill a couple termites and up the house is going to keep standing. You know? Yeah, but I, I still think it's... It's so nice that we have this, you know, community to where people can oh, yeah. call in and, and suggest what has worked for them. And sure. I think, you know, honestly, it anything's worth a try. Sure. I'm not discounting his advice. I'm just giving my take on it. Sure. Too. So sure. That, that's all that is. I mean, I, I think taking charge is part of it. Uh-huh. I mean, I think whenever you're in those situations, you don't want to, to become the victim. Right. You know? Um, and I don't think Richard is. I, I don't. I, from what I, I don't think he is really. He's a fighter, but yeah. I think it's wearing him down. Yeah. I, I just think the last. I mean, the last thing you want to do is to sit there and just oh, whatever you want to do, do it to me. And, and that's not what Richard is doing. And I don't think he was alluding to that either. No. Um, but taking charge is things a lot more that needs to be done in Richard's case, unfortunately. You know what I love? I love that he take this this caller takes us on the road with us or yeah. takes us on the road through my home state of Texas yeah. from one into the other. I think that's great. That's awesome. We'd love to hear more of your stories from the road too because I'm sure you have a lot of Oh, them. yes. Uh, 855-853-4802. Let's get another call. Hey, Tony. What's up? I just wanted to uh, commend you on the show. Y'all do a great job. I just want to share my story. Uh, when I was younger, I used to stay at my grandmother's house with mom, mom and dad. Every once in a while, they would work late nights. Yeah, she lives in the north side of Fort Worth, which there was a church that was across the street. And it was a very strange-looking church, but I was very fascinated by it when I was younger. When I was uh, sleeping one night in the bedroom, my mom and dad uh, nudged each other, and they saw this woman sweeping the floor in the hallway. Well, she walked through the hallway... We saw her walk away, and there was a bat. There was uh, two bathrooms that were in this hallway. It was one that just had uh, a toilet and a sink, and then the other one had just a bathtub. Like it was one of the old time style bathtubs that had the four feet on it. Well, when she was sweeping the floor, she walked to the back, and my dad was like, uh, he saw her walk back there, and he gave her a chance to come back out. She never came back out. So when she walked back there, she was not around. There was no exit door from where she was standing. And the uh, broom was against the wall. And we had never seen her again. Well, years later, my grandmother had gone and looked upstairs where the attic was at. And there was a bunch of old pictures that overlooked the balcony part which was never used from my family or my grandmother. And we found pictures of this old woman that looked like the ladies that was sweeping the floor. And that was really strange. But many years later, after my grandmother got sick, the house ended up burning down. And it was something that just made me think that there's more to this life than what we know. And we will never know. But thank you again for y'all's show and uh, y'all do a great job and y'all are my outlet and me and my daughter listen to y'all when we go to sleep at night so thank y'all again and uh, keep up the good work thank you bye father daughter ghost bonding time that's awesome I like that Thank you for the call. Thank you for the story. We really do appreciate it. 855-853-4802 is a phone number to call in. 855-853-4802. I think it's one of the creepiest things when you see a ghost and then later you find the picture of them. To me, that's that's just yeah. like one of the ultimate creepy things. Yeah, where it's like, oh, is this the girl or the woman who was appearing in your bedroom in your crib all those years? And yeah, our... Uh, uh, our nanny shared a story like that with me the other day. Oh, she did. Yeah, um, and uh, I think it happened to her. If I'm if I'm correct. Okay. Um, where she had seen a woman show up in her crib when she was a kid. I mean, I just walk her or walk through a room. Uh huh. And uh, 
since she asked her mom. She was probably about two, two. She said she was around Harp's age. And so she said that, you know, she said to her mom, you know, that something about the woman walking through her room. And the mom was like, what are you talking about? There's no one in the house. She was concerned, looked around the house, couldn't find anybody. Okay. So no intruder just thought, oh, well, you know, she's two, two and a half, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, Then they're looking through a photo album later. And she points out a picture of a woman. Says, that's the woman who walked in my room. And it was like a dead aunt. Oh, gosh. Or something of that nature. Yeah. Never had it again, but that was the one of those perfect stories uh-huh. where it's the photo that shows up later and it's the dead person. That's weird. I wonder how I would feel about that, you know, especially if it was a loved one, someone you really cared about that just showed up. I, I think I'd be kind of comforted, but also a little bit concerned, if, like why they just showed up quickly and then that was it and nothing else happened, no interaction. Yeah. It, I you know, know. it's just. Like, what's the purpose? I think I'd be more comfortable if it were a loved one. I would, but I'd also be a bit alarmed if there didn't seem to be any purpose to it. You okay. know, just like passing through. Why? Yeah. You know, was there a message? I'd be troubled by that. Like, was, was over, this really the person? You'd overthink it. I would overthink it no matter what. I know. But, yeah. One more call. 855-853-4802. Hi. Hi, Tony. I'm just calling in to... Uh, tell you about an experience I had uh, about a year ago at this time. Uh, it took place in a theater that I've uh, performed in since I was very young. Um, and it's pretty widely agreed upon that there is some form of uh, an entity within the theater. Um, I'm not sure if it's more human or just uh, like a wider energy field of some sort, um, but it definitely has an effect on people, especially at night, um, and especially when you're alone. It kind of, uh, it starts out is where it, like you feel like something's watching you um, from like behind your back, and the hair on, the, on your neck will stand up, and it feels like it suddenly runs up right behind you. Um, so I had had experiences with it when I was younger, but um, it kind of helped that other people were open about it and their experiences with it as well. So it kind of didn't make it as scary. Um, so anyways, moving forward, this last year I was in a production for about a month and uh, it had come to a close and I was helping tear down the set. And for whatever reason, a lot of people couldn't make it and I ended up being uh, the only person who is going to end up cleaning up the stage and the theater. Um, and I was pretty mad about it. And uh, I felt a little uncomfortable being there alone at night. But um, my anger pretty much took over and uh, I kind of distracted me. Um, so I was just trying to get all this work done and uh, started getting pretty angry and uh, kind of threw a fit and I was yelling and screaming and swearing and throwing things around and uh, I was kind of on the stage um, picking things up and I was facing where the audience would be sitting and uh, I saw someone come in from a side door that's about 10 to 15 feet away from where I was standing and the theater's in a pretty bad neighborhood and uh I, my first thought was just like, oh, uh, someone broke in because it was raining outside. It's about three in the morning. And uh, so I kind of instinctively looked up and wanted to confront the person right away. Uh, and all the lights were on, so I could see very clearly um, what looked like a human kind of shaped form. There was nothing very distinctive about it. Like I couldn't make out a specific space. Um, or anything like that. I definitely saw, you know, like something with four limbs. Um, It was kind of transparent and smoky, um, kind of a silvery gray light um, color. And um, I saw it walk about maybe 12 feet. Um, And it moved at a pretty brisk pace and didn't seem to really acknowledge my presence. But I was yelling at the thing, uh, the spirit or entity or whoever, because um, I thought it was a person at first, as I had stated. Uh, 
And as soon as I got done yelling out, like, hey, what's going on? Like, can't be in here. Uh, it just disappeared right in front of me. And uh, that certainly <laughs> helped me calm down a little, and I wasn't as angry. I was more just freaked out at that point. So I went out, I had a cigarette, um, and I just took it easy for an hour or two in a different section of the theater. But I had a job to do, so I came back and finished it. Um, one of the reasons I wasn't as freaked out by this experience was um, I definitely had a lot more um, intense ex paranormal experiences in the past. Um, and this comparatively wasn't as uh, intense or um, the entity didn't feel dark. Um, it was just, I don't know, it felt very neutral. But it's still a very interesting experience, and uh, it's the latest one I've had, so I thought I'd uh, call in with that one to start out, but I definitely have a lot more stories. Um, some of them are a bit dark, but um, it's something I've survived through, and uh, you know, I think I have some good tips for people out there who are dealing with similar uh, entities or experiences that are kind of hard to talk about with uh, others openly. But thank you for your show. Uh, my story wasn't too meandering, but uh, have a great day, and uh, hopefully I'll come back soon. Good story. Thank you for the call. You're always welcome to call in, and uh, there really is no, I guess, too dark for this show. I, we've uh, gotten pretty dark before. Yeah, we have. So uh, feel free to uh, to call in and share uh, your story. That'd be unnerving theater at 3 a.m. and you think it's a human going in there I think that moment when you look up and realize wait a second that's not a person yeah I don't know that I'd be able to just go and have a smoke and come back no I think, I think I'd, I'd be, like, be done for the day see you later it's been fun yeah I would be very disturbed by that yeah I would too theaters are kind of creepy because you know you think about it and they're designed for a bunch of people to gather and share some sort of emotion whether it's laughter or, or crying depending on what you're watching mm -hmm. so I just think a lot of energy gets left behind there yeah and then when you're all alone it just it seems unbalanced yeah you know, it's a very unbalanced atmosphere when you're in a theater by yourself yeah it's odd anyway. uh, thank you for the call your calls your stories 855-853-4802 is a phone number to call into or of course you can uh, write into us on our website at Real Ghost Stories Online Dot com. Please, if you enjoy the show, become an EPP. That's uh, a way you can help support our show and allow us to continue to give the show to you every single day of the week. We don't charge for that. But becoming an EPP, we ask it's a $5 a month donation. We'll, it will give you an extra episode every single week as a thank you for, for being one of those generous folks supporting the show. So that's like uh, 52 extra episodes a year if you're an EPP. Uh, and there's a whole bunch of other extra stuff, too, coming your way. Videos, things of that nature. It's our way of just saying thank you uh, for you supporting the show. And we really do appreciate that. Without uh, without our EPPs, we couldn't continue to bring the show to you every single day like we're doing it. So if you've already become one, thank you so much. Uh, we really, really do greatly appreciate uh, appreciate your generosity. And we've gotten some good reviews on our first uh, EPP episode. It's it's just like the other episodes. A full, full-blown episode and some folks saying, we got our money's worth. So we really, uh, we're happy about that. I do appreciate your support. All the info on that's on the website, realghoststoriesonline.com. For Jenny Bruski, I'm Tony Bruski. Thanks for listening to Real Ghost Stories Online.